talk to others on the phone who are facing imminent death. You see, every person in this room, you have an appointed time to live. You have a birthday and you have a death day. And what we're talking about these days is of absolute, it's of absolute importance that you settle this question of assurance of salvation. Are you 100% certain? Do you know that you know that when you die, which you will, you will go to heaven? We're sad for others who receive the news they're going to die, but some of us act like we're never going to die. But I want to be reminded today, you have a death day. And the way you deal with that has to do with your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We've been laboring and looking at this, what a wonderful treasure we have in 1 John. Because John the Apostle tells us all the different ways we can know that we have eternal life through salvation, through Jesus Christ, Son of God. So now you've had time to find your place in your Bible. Let's read together 1 John chapter 5, and we'll pick up. <clears throat> we were here last week, and we spent our time in the first four verses in particular, but now we read on, beginning in verse number 5. We'll read on verse number 5 down through verse number 12. Who is the one who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with the water only, but with the water and with the blood. It is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And the three are in agreement. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For the testimony of God is this, that he has testified concerning his son. The one who believes in the son of God has the testimony in himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his son. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son, and he who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of Your Word. May the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Our focal truth is this, assurance of salvation comes from believing God's testimony that Jesus is the Son of God. Now this is it, my friends, this is it. Every Christian who names the name of Jesus, who confesses Jesus Christ, Son of God, as Lord in their life and believes in their heart God raised Him from the dead is saved. And with that comes assurance of salvation. You don't have to live your life hoping for it. You can count on it because you have believed on Jesus Christ, Son of God. And we saw that last week, chapter five, verse one. Whoever believes Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, as Brother Scott said, the promised one, the anointed one, the one who is the fulfillment of all of the Old Testament promises about one who would come and crush the head of the serpent and be the savior of the world. Now he has come and his name is Jesus Christ. He is Messiah. We have believed on him as our savior. 
and we're born again. But also now we read in verse number five that to be saved, we have believed that Jesus the Christ is also the Son of God, the eternal Son of God, not a created being. No, no. He is the eternal one from God. He is the only begotten Son of God. The mystery of it all, that God became flesh. And we who are saved have believed in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And because of that, what did we learn last week in verse 5? We overcome. We overcome. I shared my testimony that now I'm told, having cancer, that I'm a survivor. But I prefer the word overcomer to the word survivor. I'm not just dragging my way along. I am overcoming in Jesus Christ because I have put my faith in Him and I have endless life. Does anybody else say amen to that today? That's the hope of every Christian in this room. No matter what news you get, we live as overcomers because we walk by faith and not by sight or circumstances. There is nothing that brings greater peace of mind. Now this is for you. I love you in Jesus as your pastor. Listen to me now. There's nothing that brings sweeter comfort and peace of mind than believing in Jesus Christ, Son of God. Listen, and knowing for certain that you have eternal life. You will never die. Even when your body dies, you live. This is the great joy. This is the beauty of the gospel. This is the way we live with peace of mind in a world where people churn and stir and worry and fret. Why, it comes into the church house. Worry and stirring and wringing our hands and looking over here and looking over there and trying to figure out how we're going to make it. When we have been called to be overcomers based on our faith in Jesus Christ, Son of God. I hope that today you are living in this peace that I'm describing. When we started this series together, we looked at first, it's right there on the page by where you're reading, 1 John 4, 16. This was our focal verse for the whole series because I believe it's at the center of what John is trying to talk about related to assurance of salvation. 1 John 4, 16. We have come to know, please notice the two words, we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. Look, if you know God loves you, why are you worrying about anything else? If you know God loves you, I'm, I'm not talking about just some propositional idea. I'm not just talking about some concept you can maybe take home like you're in school. I'm talking about the fact that you can base your life on the fact that God loves you. God loves you. He loved you when you were a wicked, godless sinner. How much more He loves you. You're a child of God. 1 John 3, 1. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us. He's given us this love. Look, friend, you are... Walk in the sunshine of God's love. 
Walk in it every day. Walk in it when the clouds come. Walk in it when the troubled times happen. Walk in it in the joys. Walk in it in all the seasons of life. You are greatly loved by God. The one who is called the beloved by God the Father, as we're going to talk about here in just a moment, has now, has now called you beloved. What a sweet and wonderful thing. That's what you need to go home and think about when you got all this bad news and all these things coming in your life, swirling around you, trying to distract you. So we see three things today from these verses. God has testified that Jesus is the Son of God. God has testified. God has now in the Word of God given to us His testimony in the Gospels. About Jesus Christ, Son of God. Number two, whoever believes that Jesus is the Son of God accepts God's testimony about Jesus. And as I said, is born again. And we experience the wonder and joy of receiving and accepting God's testimony and being saved. And number three, whoever believes that Jesus is the Son of God has inner assurance of eternal life. I want to get to that. I want to spend a few moments there. I want you to linger with me there because I think this is something that all of us need to go home and meditate on. And what a good day to do it on a Sunday when we've come to the table of the Lord. You can think about this today in all of your busyness. You can think about this wonderful, wonderful experience of what the Bible calls the inner assurance of your salvation because you have believed in Jesus Christ. You see, no one can take that away from you. No circumstances can take away that inner assurance. You can't be robbed of that. What did the choir and Brother Scott lead us to talk? We talked about the goodness of God today. We sang about the faithfulness of God. We've honored and glorified the Lord Jesus for who He is. We've come to worship. We've, we've, we've uh, come together so that we might be encouraged together by these things. Now we're encouraged by this great truth. Whose testimony do you need to believe that Jesus Christ is Son of God beyond the testimony of God? If God has said it, if God has testified to it, it is true. It is eternally and permanently true. For every generation that comes, the church must, the church must preach and we must teach that Jesus Christ is Son of God as we learn here based on the testimony of God. Now you see in this passage, if you're one of these who carefully study, and we have a number of you who do, you notice the word testimony or testify used multiple times, uh, either nine or 10. Some of you will count it up and you can correct me. It's nine or 10 times. We find this word testimony. The word testimony means to be a witness. It's the same word that's used when the Lord Jesus told the disciples when he was ascending to heaven and all of us who are here, by the way, this generation, you shall be my witnesses, my, my testimonial. You will be my testimonial. You'll go all into the world and give your testimony. That's what we do. We give our testimony. We, have, we give our testimony that we are saved, that we have assurance of salvation and others can have the same and believe in Jesus Christ and have eternal life. So we now share in the testimony of God, but we never, we're never saved until we understand this very important principle of John. As a result of, of accepting the testimony of God, listen, I'm saved. And as a result of being saved, I join with God now. I join with the Holy Spirit in testifying that Jesus Christ is Son of God in the world. What a wonderful thing. 
So you see all these phrases about testimony. You see that in verse 6, the Holy Spirit testifies about Jesus Christ, Son of God. We see that the three, God's testimony at the Lord Jesus' baptism, God's testimony at the cross, and the Spirit's testimony at Pentecost, later on, these three testify. God has testified. These events in the life of Jesus Christ demonstrate, they are a testimony that He is the Son of God. And as a result of that, these three are in agreement, verse number eight. I'm just walking through these verses. And then if we receive the testimony of men, we must receive the testimony of God because it's greater. And this is the testimony. God has spoken about Jesus Christ as the Son of God, that He is His Son. And verse 10, the one who believes in the Son of God has that testimony in himself. And the one who does not believe says God's a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given concerning his son. Where are you today in relationship to the testimony of God? We hear it preached and God speaks his testimony. Jesus Christ, son of God. Jesus Christ, son of God. We hear it preached and we read it and we, and we hear it taught and the Holy Spirit says, Jesus Christ, son of God. He points us. What does Hebrews say? Fix your eyes. Fix your eyes. That is your mind. Set your mind on Jesus Christ, the one who endured the cross <clears throat> so that we might have salvation. What did Paul say? Set your mind on things above. This is what we do together, church. This is how you live your life. You think often and much about Jesus Christ. You think about Jesus Christ, Son of God, who has loved you so deeply. And so we overcome. This is how we overcome. We have different thoughts than the world. We, we don't dwell on the same things the world dwells on. You young people, the sooner you learn to think spiritually and have spiritual mindedness, the better off you'll be for whatever comes in your life. You must learn to think about these blessed truths that God has given to us. And here today we have these, that through Jesus Christ, Son of God, we have seen the great love of God. We have experienced His love for us. Listen, and now you are a possessor of endless life. You will never die even when your body dies. This is the glory of being saved. So whoever believes that Jesus, number two, is the Son of God, accepts the testimony. Let's think about this for a moment. How did God, let me do this quickly, how did God speak about Jesus Christ being the Son of God. Well, most of us in this room know these words, but I'll just read them for the sake of time. And if you want to turn there quickly, or you, some of you note these things, in Matthew chapter 3, we read about the Lord Jesus being baptized. And in Matthew chapter 3, the, the Word of God reads, After being baptized, Jesus came up immediately out of the water, and behold, the heavens were opened, and He saw the Spirit of God descending on Him as a dove, and lighting on him, and behold, look, a voice out of the heavens said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The well pleased one of God the Father is Jesus Christ the Son, the Son of God. Who is the one who pleases God? The one Jesus Christ, Son of God. How do we please God? When we come to follow, believe, 
the Lord Jesus Christ and make Him our Lord and our Savior and follow Him. We read also at the cross these words. How did God speak at the cross? How did He testify at the cross? Well, in some quite powerful ways through the created order. We read these words. I'll just read them to you beginning in Luke 23, 44. It was about noon. It was about the noon hour and darkness fell over the whole land until three o'clock, the third hour, the three o'clock hour. Because the sun was obscured. It was completely dark at the cross for those hours. Darkness at the cross. Darkness at the cross. As the Lord Jesus cried out those agonizing words and prayed to the Father. Those words that we all know very well in the agony of that, in the darkness. There is darkness as the Son of God takes the sin of the world upon Himself. And in agony, He agony, He asks, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Bowing His head and dying. But as that is taking place, there's darkness. And the veil at the temple was torn in two. Now, all of a sudden, this shock, that, that massive, massive veil is torn from top to bottom and the holiest place and the holy of holies are now exposed in one room. In Matthew 27, the veil of the, verse 51, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook and the rocks were split and the tombs were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. What happened? How did God speak at the cross? There was darkness while the wrath of God came upon the Son of God for the sin of the world. The veil was torn in two in the temple. There was a shaking of the ground and quaking of the earth and resurrected saints were raised from the dead. God spoke at the cross. And how about the Holy Spirit? The Lord says to the disciples that the that the Holy Spirit will come and He's now come. He will testify about me. The Lord said to them, He will glorify me. What does the Holy Spirit do? He points us to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit has been enabling us all today as we sang praise to Him who are Christians to worship God because the Holy Spirit continues to point us to Jesus Christ, Son of God. He will point you to Jesus in your private life. He will point you to Jesus in your public life. He will point you to Jesus Christ, Son of God. When you have your hardest day, when you don't think you can endure, he will point you to the one who endured to the point of blood for our sins. He will point you to the one who was ridiculed and reviled. He will point you to him and say, be like Jesus. Don't respond to their hatred. Don't respond to their ridicule. Stand and trust God with your life, whatever you go through. You see the Holy Spirit then falls upon the apostles. In Acts chapter 2, we read those amazing words that all of these uh, disciples who had very little education, all of a sudden they're all filled with the Holy Spirit and they begin to speak in the languages of all of those who had gathered for Pentecost, Jewish people and God-fearing Gentiles from all over the world. And they heard, they heard as they were filled with the Holy Spirit that Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth is Messiah, Son of God. And 3,000 people believed the testimony of God through these who testified. Praise God. 
The three witnesses agree. The water baptism of the Lord Jesus, his death on the cross, and the continued testimony of the Holy Spirit. They all agree. So I ask you today, have you heard, have you paid attention, and have you accepted the testimony of God about Jesus Christ, Son of God? Well, that leads me to talk with you just for a moment. I want us to linger here for a moment together. I want to give you some things to think about. I hope you'll think about them. I hope you won't just rush through worship today, go on and get your uh, food this afternoon and, and, and turn on ball games or whatever else you're going to do and, and, and neglect to think through these glorious truths. These are eternal truths. They are the most holy and sacred truths that we can consider. And who are we? But by the grace of God, we have been saved and experienced them. I'm so glad the table of the Lord stands before us today to remind us of what we're talking about. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Son of God has inner assurance of eternal life. I have spent my ministry life, uh, and I'm glad to do it, talking with people who seem to be always in turmoil. I've spent my ministry life talking with believers who truly are struggling with depression and discouragement and despair. And the sadness of it is that for, uh, for them and even for me, when I struggle with those things, it is because I have lost my focus. I have not allowed my faith in Jesus Christ, Son of God, to secure me, encourage me, and assure me that whatever I'm facing, the Lord is with me. I know I'm not alone in this because I know many of you very well and we all walk together, don't we? We've walked together for many, many years and we've seen all kinds of things together and experienced them together. I just wonder today if you have the testimony in yourself. You see, did you read it there? It's very important, verse 10. The one who believes in the Son of God has something. The one who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in him or herself. It's in you now. The one who does not believe does not have the testimony in them. This is the difference between us and the lost world. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. What's the testimony in my heart and my mind? What brings me peace? God has given me eternal life. And he gave me eternal life through Jesus Christ, Son of God, and my faith in him. What is it that I have? I have the encouragement. I have this testimony. God has given this testimony, this assurance to me, and I can rejoice in it. What did Paul say? I'll just, I'll just, uh, I'll just uh, refer to this. Uh, many of you know these words, but in Romans chapter 8, two, uh, an astounding statement. Romans 8, 16, the Spirit testifies Himself with our spirit that we are children of God. Do you know that to be true? Do you know that to be true as a follower of Jesus? Do you know, have you such a sensitive relationship with God that you sense when the Holy Spirit is saying to you, you are a child of God. You are one who has eternal life. You are a child of Jesus Christ, Son of God. You are a saved one. You are an overcomer. Do you sense that? Have you experienced? This is the normal Christian life. For all of us who are saved, this is what brings great peace in the midst of difficulties. 
You see, we experience the Holy Spirit who's testifying about Jesus now testifies with our spirit and confirms you are a child of God. How about this one, Galatians 4, 6? Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts and we cry, Abba, Father. We cry, Abba, Father, because now we speak to him as our father. We speak to the one who sent his son. Jesus Christ, Son of God, and we have believed in Him. And as a result of this, all of a sudden, inside, there is this joyful assurance, this reassuring confidence and peace that whatever comes in my life, I am okay because I am greatly loved by God and I will live forever with the Lord Jesus for all the rest of eternity. Hallelujah. That's why Paul said, I know in whom I have believed. We sing this old hymn. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him against that day. That's the confidence of having inner assurance. And what is it, my friend, that lingers in our minds? It is this possession of eternal life. Now, while we finish today, just before we come to the table of the Lord... Just take your Bible there in 1 John and let me point several verses to you about eternal life. Here's the testimony. By the way, I did want to mention to you that we now join the Holy Spirit in testifying that he who has the Son has life. He who has the Son has life. That's what pulls us into worship. We sing praise to God because we have eternal life. We are singing gloriously, praising God on earth while the millions upon millions sing in heaven gloriously this day, endless praise, holy, 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 worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Oh, the praise of heaven, the glory of heaven. We sing it here on earth. We sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs in our heart. We make melody in our heart because we have assurance. We walk as assured people. We walk as assured ones with peace of mind because we are loved by God greatly. This is, what the, this is what the martyrs understood in the early church and through this very day. When you're greatly loved by God, what can man do to me? If you kill me, I still, it's for the glory of God. If I live, it's for the glory of God. Praise God. I am in His hands. I am eternally His. And God knows best what to do with me all the days of my life. 1 John 1, 2. The life was manifested and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was from the Father and was manifested to us. 1 John 1, 2. 1 John 2, 25. This is the promise which He Himself made to us. Eternal life. This is the promise which He Himself made to us, eternal life. 1 John 4, 9, By this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Eternal life is through life in His Son. He gives us this eternal life. It is a power of life that we do not have in our own. Uh, and then he closes uh, 1 John 5, uh, in 1 John 5.20, this letter. We'll come back to it as we close in the weeks ahead. We know, we know, we know 
This is what we know in a world of people who don't know anything. We know that the Son of God has come and has given us, who are Christians, understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true, His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So what do we remember today? Well, I could mention a lot of things. But now we have joined the Holy Spirit in testifying that Jesus is the Son of God. That's what we go out of here saying to everybody who will listen to us. Jesus Christ, Son of God. When I'm having marital issues. Jesus Christ, Son of God. When I, when I don't know what to do about a job decision. Jesus Christ, Son of God. When all around me, the world is changing and things are tough and difficult. The Holy Spirit is testifying that Jesus Christ is Son of God. Look to Him. God's testimony about Jesus is true and certain. And oh, the blessed assurance that comes. The blessed assurance that comes. The testimony, having, having accepted and now testifying to the same testimony of God in my heart and life. And I'm able to say, He who has the Son has life. He who has the Son has life. He who has the Son has life will help me all the days of my life. And to that we sing praise to the glory of God. This is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has the life. May that be your song of praise every day of your life as you live in full assurance of God's love for you because of Jesus Christ, Son of God. To the praise of the glory of His grace, the Lord is near to the door and we pray, come Lord Jesus.